ladies and gentlemen, to this week's episode of the Vampire Movie Club. I am your host, Shannon, and tonight we have two special guests with us. We're going to go ahead and start on this side, since Helene just took a big drink of water. <laughs> My name is Jordan. Hey, Jordan, and we have... Helene. Hello! So, we're going to go ahead and ask you the same questions that we ask everybody when they start. And I know, Jordan, you got a new question last time, but we'll recap in case we have new listeners. What is your favorite vampire movie? I don't know if I have one. I think we did this before. I don't think I have one. I'm going to say Near Dark because I like Near Dark. Yeah, you had, I think you had two. It was Near Dark and Life Force. And then we watched Life Force. Yeah, and then you changed Force anymore. And then you changed your mind. (laughs) (laughs) So you're going to stick with Near Dark? Sure. Cool. And Miss Helene? Oh, my favorite vampire movie. It's always hard for me to answer that because (laughs) I entered the world of vampires through books, not movies, but... Favorite vampire movie, why don't we just say The Lost Boys? Cool. It's a good one. Because I, I haven't seen Your Dark. That might be my favorite. It won't be. Oh. But, it won't. Uh, it's, yeah, I like it. Yeah, re- recap. Because <laughs> oh, we, awesome. we did see the two like back, back and forth, and they were released within a month of each other. Um, and there are a lot of similarities, like vagabond were- or werewolves, vagabond vampires, and there's a kid, and just like the oh, yeah. stories and plots are similar. But um, near, or sorry, Lost Boys was totally like, yeah, we're gonna play up this whole vampire like schmaltzy kid Goonies style movie, and then Near Dark was like straight up trying to be an action movie, and I don't right. even think they say the word vampire. No. Is that right? They don't say the word vampire oh. in the whole movie. Yeah, because they were just trying to make an action movie, and then it just so happened to have vampires. And so they're super different, mm-hmm. although they are both similar. Hopefully I find out someday and get to see it. Yeah. Yeah, I would encourage you to watch it, yeah. even though it won't become your favorite. But. I don't you don't think, think it will. Okay. No, okay. I don't think so. There were a couple things where I'm like, rah, rah, but it's not bad. So, tonight, we watched Interview with the Vampire. It's directed by Neil Jordan, and I don't know what else he's done. I don't even know what he year He directed, this was um, 94. He directed The Crying Game in 92. I, I just happened to look this up just minutes ago. That's the only reason I know this. Oh, well, Anne Rice wrote the screenplay. I thought that was interesting. Did she actually write the screenplay it instead said of just... screenplay by Anne Rice, oh. also based on the novel... Oh, okay. That she wrote they something. had to do that though. They they said it was heavily rewritten. Oh, was it? Um, okay. But they had to give that credit. Oh. But let me. I mean, Ghostwriters came in and fixed it. Hmm. <laughs> Which happens. Yeah. Like it does Hollywood. show Anne Rice screenplay, Anne Rice the novel. This is all according to IMDb as far as the trivia. So um, no, you'll give away our secrets. No, right. they're gonna know. They're gonna know. We just go to IMDb before. Oh, you'll have to. Oh, you'll have to. You'll have to record over that part then. <laughs> So we watched the 1994 movie Interview with the Vampire, and Jordan, had you have you seen this movie, be- or had you seen this movie before tonight? Yes, I have seen this movie before, um, and I remember it. I remember not thinking anything like good or bad about it, mm-hmm. but um, I enjoyed it this time. I don't know. Okay. So. And did you read the books or any of the books? No, never read any of the books. I've okay. never seen any other Interview with a Vampire movie. Did you see um, Queen of the Damned? Isn't nope. that one? That's the, yeah, that's a sequel. I feel like I've seen that one. I think you have. I have not. I've heard that Queen of the Damned, though, doesn't follow the book Queen of the Damned really so much, so I don't know if it's really a true sequel. Okay. But um, the book was a sequel. Gotcha. And Helene, you have seen this movie, correct? Yes. I've seen it a couple of times, but it was 
way back when it first came out and shortly after that that I might have seen it a second time. And I have not seen it now in well over 20 years. Oh, dang. Yeah. And you said you did read the books, right? All of them? I read the the original trilogy of Interview with a Vampire and The Vampire Lestat and Queen of the Damned. And then I read a couple of the other books, too, but I haven't read all the rest of the books. Oh, okay. But that original trilogy, um, I read quite a few years before this movie came out. And so that, I mean, that colors my view of the movie. Yeah. I do like the movie. I like the movie. I okay. think the effects are really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I basically, I like the story. And um, some of the performances I think are pretty cool, pretty true to, well, I don't know if that's, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, ba- I'm wavering on back and forth on how, how well they fit the vision of what my vision of the characters from the mm-hmm. book are. But um, all in all, I I do. I like the movie. Well, good, because I, like I know there were other people, like, on our Facebook group that have read the books, and then they are just adamant about how much they hate the movie yeah. um, for various reasons. I feel like I read the book at some point up until, like, like not at all, but basically up until he sets his plantation on fire. Oh, wow. Which is, like, you know, five minutes into the book. Or into the movie. But I feel like I yeah. read at least that far. And then huh. I only watched it. it's such it. a good book. Why would you have stopped? <laughs> For my life? Why do I stop a lot of things? <laughs> why haven't I... Jurassic Park is my favorite movie. And why have I still never read that? It's a good book. Oh, that's a great book. Because yeah, I was I having panic attacks on the airplane to and from Thailand. <laughs> so I didn't read about dinosaurs eating my face. No, so I had only watched it recently um, because I tried to independently watch all of these vampire movies by myself and then decided to watch this one. I'm like, that's one that I should watch. It's like super standard. And I don't remember loving it when I watched I think I watched it by myself. Did you watch it with me? I watched it with you. That's okay. the last time I saw it. That was the first time I saw it was with you. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, mm. sorry. Sweet. And then uh, this time. So this was only my second time watching it. And I liked it. Um, I thought it was kind of, it was a little slow, but mm-hmm. not in like the worst way. Um, yeah. It's not an action movie at all like so it's not, many of the ones we've seen. Yeah. So we had that whole week of Underworld, which is just like fighting and fighting and fighting. And this is much more, um, yeah. a lot more talking and a lot more telling and storytelling than um, yeah. Underworld, which was just like. Fight, fight, fight. Even uh, Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter was all fights. There's a lot of fights. There's so many fights. That That was a great movie. Oh my God. That is a movie John will probably really enjoy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. We'll have to Something quirky and weird that he can talk to people about it at at parties. (laughs) Yeah. You should borrow it from Annie. I borrowed it from Annie three years ago and just returned it because I'm a terrible person. Don't lend me anything. Um, But you should borrow it from Annie and promise to return it more quickly and I bet she'll let you borrow it. Totally do that. Annie, when you hear this, now you know I can put a bookmark in that Lend movie. your movie to John and Helene. Don't say their last name. Uh, cool. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. What are some things you guys like or didn't like? I like that they had reflections. I liked mm-hmm. that they were magical in a sense that their hair 
uh, couldn't get cut. Mm-hmm. Well, it could get cut, but it would just grow back. Like yeah, they were kind like of instantly. Like frozen in a moment in time kind mm-hmm. of a thing. I don't know. I like I like that aspect of it. Uh, I don't know why. I really like that they had reflections because I guess that's something that's never made sense to me, and I never have liked that yeah. about vampires. I don't like that either, and that's why I'm like a rock doesn't have a soul, but no, a rock that's has totally a reflection. Right. <laughs> exactly. I know they have the theory about mirrors being made like backed in silver, and then like that's why you couldn't see it. And then there was also an idea that vampires exist on like a different plane, although a plane that um, interacts with ours, and then that's why they're not visible in mirrors. But I didn't necessarily like any of those either because I'm like, like Hmm. chair doesn't have a soul. Chairs in the mirror. Yeah, the only time that it made sense was there was a Doctor Who episode about vampires that was really awesome. Have we seen that one yet? Um, I've seen it. Why haven't haven't you shown it? It's a Matt Smith one. Um, but it, they, they explain why the vampires don't have reflections. And oh. I was like, oh, that makes sense. I oh. like that. We should watch that one. <laughs> it's a good one. Cool. Maybe we'll do an episode of the Vampire Movie Club <laughs> on, we'll branch into TV shows and we'll oh, watch that yes. episode of The Simpsons with vampires. Oh yeah. This podcast will be <laughs> awesome. This pod- podcast is going to go on for the rest of eternity anyway with our 700 vampire movies, but I can't even fathom going into television. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, it'll hurt my brain. I'll be, be real amazing. tired. It'd be so fun, though. <laughs> um, Miss Elaine. Oh yeah, I um, I love I love the magic power that the vampires have, where they can, they can fly, they can move so super fast, and mm-hmm. they're they're stronger than mere mortals. I I like the way that vampires are made in this incarnation, where yeah. you have to drain them to the point of death, but not too all the way to the mm-hmm. point. You drain them just short of the point of death, and then you feed them the blood, and then they get those powers. It does seem like they got the powers really quickly. Yes, it is instantaneous. Um, yeah, it it's. I don't remember because I would. I would that think fast. that it would be like I. I don't know. I like the idea that they have to die, and then they come back like three days later or mm-hmm. something like that. That just. Oh yeah, I do remember in the book it did go into, especially with Louis when when he is dying, the incredible sense of loss that he feels of losing his human life and it's a very physical visceral mm-hmm. thing that he's going through it's a very graphic description in the book that i think is great so i would highly recommend reading that book i feel like i read that, that description. Like there are certain things that he's I'm like, out in the I garden remember. i think yeah or no, is he by uh, like the river or he's like some, yeah he's watery something oh, something <laughs> oh now I wish I'd read the book for oh, this, sorry. but that's okay. Nah, it's fine. But yeah, it's it's a cool way for them to for them to die and then be reborn. And I think that that mm-hmm. I think that makes us feel for them a little bit more than if somebody just just wakes up and is all you know demony mm-hmm. like in some vampire lore. I think mm-hmm. this is I like the way they do that in this. I like it. I like these vampires. I know I have mentioned on other episodes where I don't like dirty, gross vampires. Uh, I don't need my vampires to be quite as elitist as these vampires, (laughs) but I like them. They're walking around. They've got, like, cool sleeves in their fancy costumes, and I'm like, I want that coat. I guess there's, like, a divide. Um, Like, are you going to be a vampire that is forced to travel from place to place, and then when you've killed too many people, you have to leave because you're going to get found out, and mm -hmm. so you're just constantly running away mm-hmm. or are you going to plant yourself in society somehow like the the theater troupe did mm-hmm. um, right 
and I don't know, like, I guess that's why I like Near Dark, because I just feel like they're constantly on the run. Yeah. And in this one, it, there was no consequences, except for the very beginning of their of their murderous mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And you made the point of saying, Helene, that there were lots more dead bodies back in the day than there are now. Like, <laughs> death was yeah. more, much more common, and so it would not be surprising to find these people dead. But at right. the same time, I was like, if they're eating, like, a person a night, like, one or two people a night. They're two eating, people like, a night, that's three. an awful lot. Like, that's a that's lot a of lot. people to go, especially, like, the higher up classy people that he liked to dine Yeah, on. they were saying Tom Cruise yes. wanted so, to eat, like, the social elite of yeah. New Orleans. Like, that just but doesn't go But three a night? No, no, you don't disappear wouldn't. three a night and just no big deal. And still live on your plantation all happy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. There's yeah, only so many very, of them. That's very careless. And I think it's really gluttonous of them because they don't. We know that the vampires don't have to drink that much. We know that they don't have to drink that much or people at all. That's right. They could just live off animals, mm-hmm. rats and blood. crocodiles. Crocodile blood, <laughs> rat blood. Yeah. Snake blood. Poodles. <laughs> oh yeah, we had poodle blood. That was sad. That was sad a little, <laughs> but almost in a dark way, also funny. <laughs> But, um, yeah, we know that they, it's not like they will die if they don't drink that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I get the impression, they never go into how much Louis drinks, but mm-hmm. you get the impression that he's not drinking nearly it's as much as far less. Lestat. Yeah. So it seems to me that if a vampire wanted to go unnoticed, they could stay in one place and just be very smart about it. Mm-hmm. But it, I maybe, maybe just feed off the sick people. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. In this one, I also really liked generally their set design and like their locations and just the Spanish moss everywhere and like all the stuff that is um, Louisiana and New Orleans and it was gorgeous and beautiful and all the houses and like the wallpaper on his house and like the details of their clothing and all that kind of stuff that I just kind of revel in because I love it and I want to make my vampire pilgrimage to New Orleans and go there's like a a trip I found where you can go to New Orleans and then you have to drive north and you go to Shreveport and then there's like uh where True Blood is set there is no real town but like you can drive generally on the highway and just like this is where it would be if it existed oh, that would be so cool yeah i want to take my vampire pilgrimage That'd be really um fun. but it was so gorgeous and just watching it i'm like this is so pretty and beautiful and wonderful yeah the beauty the visual effects they mm-hmm. really their flying didn't feel absurd <laughs> like they didn't use it a ton does louis um, ever right. fly or is it just the stat like, is that another, because he's just a super old vampire and he can do that? And they just have no, general He might have flown in that, in that room at the end and we don't know, because we didn't, he's just gone. He just disappeared. Mm. He might have flown out the window. I know he runs really fast, but I don't know about flying. Did he fly with um, that guy before he found the theater vampires when they were walking in the cobblestone under the bridge? I always ask, I mean, that's the reason I ask is because I don't remember him flying at all. I don't so. remember. We know Tom Cruise mm-hmm. does. We know, know that other can. vampire does. I'm sure Louis can fly. At least by the end of the movie, he's developed that. I don't know. I just don't know if he actually does. Hmm. So they fly. I guess what are their other, like, traits? Like, they fly. 
And they talk about it a bit a bit at the beginning, that crucifixes mean nothing, right. and that stakes mean nothing, that they do have to sleep in coffins. They don't spe- specifically talk about the soil of their homeland, mm-hmm. but through the movie we find out they fly, they can be seen in the mirrors, um, and they can't drink dead blood. That was, yeah, I was going to bring that yeah. up, because mm-hmm. it makes some sense to be like, don't drink dead blood but like somebody who's been freshly killed like like that should be okay that should be okay their yeah. blood's not dead yet um that's what cracked me up i don't know but is it like once a magical the, thing like they once the heart stops pumping they, they can't drink blood anymore? exactly they cannot drink once it's stagnant once it stops beating that's hmm. a rule in the book so they don't really they didn't specify that in the movie but because it's just yeah that's like a like it will i don't know it will make them very sick, really, really sick. Like it made Lestat sick with the little boys. Mm-hmm. Um, but even his whole drinking the blood and then collapsing down, like I didn't feel like it was exceptionally um, stuttered or anything like that. Like the, the debilitating, you mean? No, like the the animation of it, like him deteriorating. Oh, oh right. Um, no. Was really like his skin was changing colors, his face was sinking in, his eyes were changing colors. I feel like his hair changed. Like, everything changed and as he kind of just dwindled down, and I didnn't feel like it was badly done, um, effects-wise. No, yeah, there were um, some yeah. nice effects in here. But, like, the Practical fly- effects, mm-hmm. it was cool. The flying wasn't weird. All of the, um, like, sickly, I'm going to use the word zombie-ish makeup that they had right. Tom Cruise in didn't look terrible. It looked like makeup, right. but it didn't look... Like, real bad. So no, I no. was reading a little bit about the makeup, and mm-hmm. this was something I didn't know, is they had the actors hang upside down to allow the blood to rush to their faces mm-hmm. for them to do the veins. Oh, yeah, because they had to paint where their real veins were, right? Yeah. That's right. That's crazy. And that was very unpleasant, apparently, especially uh, no to Brad Pitt. He was like, hate this. Oh, my gosh. He that's... wanted to get out of the movie partially for that. What a yeah. weird thing to request. Like, yeah. they couldn't just, like paint fake ones or remember where they were well i think they wanted because they that gave them dimension they actually had the 3d they could shadow them and stuff i oh. guess maybe yeah i don't know huh that's you would really think cool. that you would think that hollywood with its makeup artists could have done some kick-ass stuff without having to have them do that right and i don't know if what i read was you know who knows maybe accurate. it wasn't mm-hmm. incredibly accurate but i thought it was interesting do we have like Snopes on IMDb that will tell yes. us if it's real or not? They're like, actually, that's not. I know we talked briefly about like elite vampires versus vagabond vampires, and that mm. I like clean, pretty vampires, and Jordan likes roaming vampires. Helene, did you oh. weigh in on either? Well, why? So roaming vampires can't be pretty. No, Is I that... guess they can. Oh, uh, they can. I just think in all could. the ones we've seen specifically. They're gross. <laughs> right. Versus like, there's underworld like... vampires that are, like, elitist and beautiful and things like that. And mm-hmm. I just, I, one of the reasons I like Near Dark is that they're, they're, like, grimy and, like, oh. um, they're, like, animals almost. Yeah. Hmm. And then you also have, like, straight-up demon vampires, like in 30 Days of Night, like or in... Like Nosferatu. I, uh, Nosferatu-ish. And then, uh, what am I thinking? Like, I Am Legend, how we were talking about those yes. being, like, more zombie They're horrible, yeah. But there is also the theory. Speaking of 30 Days of Night, Chris wants to be on your podcast when you do 30 Days of Night. Okay, Chris, we'll sign up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Um, I do like the pretty... There is something about the look of the vampires in this movie mm -hmm. where you really can't tell that they're not 
human unless you look at them in a certain light to see how pale they are, to mm-hmm. see the veins popping out on their faces. But it is, it, if I were a vampire, I would want to blend in. So it would be nice to have that beauty and not too grimy and grungy. But, mm-hmm. um, but also just the era of this with New Orleans, that backdrop of New Orleans and the vintage clothes that mm-hmm. that they uh, that they wore it, it is beautiful. It's gorgeous. just even at the end. Spoilers when um, oh when Lestat is driving the car and he's yeah. like fixing the ruffle on his like velvet yes. coat and I'm like Pulling the I want out. ruffles like that. <laughs> I want a right. velvet coat. He's it's still so pretty. Still dressed from 200 years earlier. Uh, I, love I love yeah. it. I love it. Or at least a hundred years old earlier. Well, this movie also has child vampires, which in the movie they say is way, way bad and mm. forbidden because they're just monsters and crimes against like nature. And we have a couple other which movies. aren't vampires in general, crimes against nature, but like you have to have your own. They have order their own. They have their own moralistic. vampire rules. They have so. their rules within their own. They do. They don't want children to be vampires for a few different reasons, if I remember more of the kind of the details of that. First of all, children haven't developed a conscience truly to really, and they don't really know right from wrong. So they are going to kill more just cruelly or indiscriminately. Mm -hmm. Just like Claudia does in the, in the movie, they yearn to know what being an adult is like because their brain has gotten there, but they're, the rest of them is not going to ever catch up. And vampires that are incredibly miserable or unhappy, or that's just not good for vampires in general. You know, they're going to take risks that they shouldn't be taking, which mm-hmm. she does. And yes, just the fact that they have not grown up, that they don't have any capability of understanding the ramifications of what they do, which mm-hmm. that just seems odd that the vampires would have that kind of morality, but it just seems like that's part of it. Right. But and it helps keep them secret yeah, because if, yes. if kids are running around just being crazy little right. banshees, then they're going to get found out real fast, which is weird yeah. because they're saying that Brad Pitt and Kirsten Dunst have traveled the world and only barely found those vampires in Paris. And right. how many are there? Like 10, 12? They have to be all over the world and they just didn't find them? Like, did they not? Yeah. Are they just well hidden? or are... Well, there's how many books? There's got to be more vampires than just... There well, are. obviously there so. are because they killed all of them except um, Antonio Banderas. But um, they have to yeah. be around somewhere, but they're not so numbered. They're more discreet. That one kid causing havoc isn't going to unravel their entire society do vampires know another vampire is that how they like found brad pitt i think they do i think they would recognize immediately if they saw another vampire well that guy like is uh i should have looked up who it was but the guy that found brad pitt he recognized him but i think it took Mm -hmm. brad pitt like a minute to figure it out ah right um but he was also young and naive Still, yeah. yeah, he was still, what, maybe a hundred years old at that yeah, point not still? Quite, yeah, Which is, in this world, relatively young. I, I don't remember how old Lestat's supposed to be, but the books mm-hmm. go into that. He is quite a bit older. That the, the fact that vampires can read each other's minds to an extent, mm-hmm. they can do that, but I think they can also cloak their minds if they really work on it. So maybe yeah, okay. when they're going to cities, other countries, 
and not These finding vampires. Maybe they're just not. They don't want to be found. Maybe they don't want to be found. Or maybe they picked up on Louis and Claudia first and then hid themselves. Yeah, because really, they we could don't probably detect them with that pretty, shit. <laughs> Right. We... <laughs> Most certainly. But exactly. I legitimately. She's bad news. Stay well, away from her. I liked Kirsten Dunst. I know we had someone in our group who was just like super against her being in this movie and that they yeah. hate her in general. And I'm like, what? She's Kirsten Dunst. She was I 12. Love her. Um, but I liked her performance. And I'm like, dang, good yeah. job, kid. 12 yeah. year old Shannon wouldn't, been a- wouldn't have been able to handle the emotional stress of this movie or like yeah. the depth and all that kind of nonsense. I liked her. And I did too. Her terrible hair. Um, <laughs> no, she, like, her hair at least was a wig. Yeah. But at least didn't have the texture of fake hair. Brad Pitt's hair was hit or miss. I think some of the earlier scenes, he had better hair. And then all of a sudden, when he was with Christian Slater later, I'm like, nah, that mm. looks like a wig. Yeah. And Tom Cruise had a good wig. Mm-hmm. Antonio Banderas did not have a good wig. Right. I'm trying to think of who else there was. But they had both highs and lows in the wig making skill set. That's true. That's true. <laughs> was not... A great hair day for anybody, but not awful for everybody either. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I liked all of all of the special effects for Tom Cruise's multiple deaths and multiple coming backs. Right. Um, and I don't have the book to reference to know to not like Tom Cruise as Lestat. And at the beginning, he was just kind of um, like flippant and annoying and just kind of Tom Cruise over the top. But toward the end, like when he comes back at the very, very end to F with Christian Slater, yeah. I liked that that Lestat. And I'm like, yeah, he's yeah. just like driving a car, fixing his like ruffles, and he was funny and like listening to the cassette tape. And I liked that um, Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's, I mean, I, I think Lestat, by his very nature, he's, he's arrogant. He is an arrogant mm-hmm. son of a bitch. It's obvious, and whether who, no, matter, no matter who played him or, or would play him, they have to they have to have that arrogance. Mm-hmm. But there's also this there's this twisted sense of humor that goes along with it that he has to have. But I don't think you were supposed to dislike Lestat. I think he I is. Yeah, he is supposed to still be likable in spite of his shortcomings. I mean, he just he's a vampire who didn't know much about what to do as a vampire when he was created his Mm -hmm. he says his creator just up and left yeah never trained him and and so he when he seeks out louis he wants to be a better father he wants to give him the father that he never had Mm -hmm. kind of thing but then of course he fails miserably because he never really he doesn't know how to deal with louis sensitivity yeah or maybe he should have found someone a little more vivacious instead of someone who was like desperate for death and then give right. them life, and then now they're even more not dead. Someone like the reporter, like Christian Slater's character. Yeah. From the beginning, maybe. So do we know of anything? Because he bites him, and then he says, I'm going to let you choose. Do we know if he does things? I don't know, and it's been too long since I read the book. I don't know. <gasps> I don't, And the movie just kind of le- yeah, leaves it up Because he, he says, like, I'm going to leave it up to you. Mm-hmm. I want to know. Is that one of the other books? Don't know. I'm gonna but even if it right only we had a device in only our hands, there was a device <laughs> in my hand right now. I did not. I got the sensation that you're not supposed to like uh, Lestat, and so I didn't like him. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting that you're supposed to be almost sympathetic to him later well, on, or later or on that for you sure. Had that feelings because I was just like they don't. I don't think they portrayed him that like at all. Well, unless towards the end where Brad Pitt 
takes pity on him. Yeah. And is basically like, oh, yeah. you, you poor thing. It's not real sunlight. You're fine. They're both complete. They're both very flawed, obviously. And, and Lestat is, he's a flawed character. He is someone to be feared, someone to be uh, and not trusted. But at the same time, he has this side to him of really all he wants is to be a father and he wants somebody to depend on him somebody to be a companion but yeah he's he's a he's a total fuck up for sure so but he's learning you know he learns by the end of it a little bit is that why they turn kirsten dunst kirsten dunst kind of twofold i guess yeah like to make louis snap out of his murderous decisions but also another thing for him to care for i guess i don't know Oh, for Lestat. Yeah, yeah. To, yeah, I think I think he sees that he has a second chance with her. That maybe he can this time he can be a better father, and he's got somebody who's actually going to be more of a protege than Louis was. Mm-hmm. Like at least have um, the same mindset, right? In their right. like, they just kind of relish killing and yeah. kind of have the same uh, philosophy yeah. about. And she breaks his heart, and she literally—I mean, mm-hmm. she breaks him, breaks his heart, and and even when he and when he comes back the first time, he still he still loves her. There's still part of him he loves her, which is very very. It's just crazy. She she set him up. She killed him, mm-hmm. and yet he still he still has these feelings for her. It's a trip, but I think that, and and I do and. Because I've read the other books, I know that he is supposed to be a sympathetic character. Mm-hmm. But there are times where you where you fear him greatly. I mean, he, there's the movie hits on a lot of it hits on a lot of those points, but not all of all of the plot points that are in the book of what make him truly terrifying sometimes. Mm. Um, and so you do you're you're scared of him. You don't always like him. Sometimes you hate him. But I think in the end, you're sort of, you do find him amusing and interesting. I think that's, I think that's kind of the end conclusion I have with him is that I do want to spend more time with this guy. He's an interesting character. So I want to see what else happens. With Especially him. since he keeps coming back. Oh like yeah. They can't, they can't kill him. Uh, well, they're definitely not doing it right. There's well, only a are. couple of things mm-hmm. that will kill a vampire and they don't do those things. So, we, so they've blown it. We learn that it is fire. Mm-hmm. And then decapitation. Yeah. Um, sunlight. And sunlight, pardon me. Do we know yeah. if the fire at the theater in Paris killed all those vampires? Or did it just, like, well, until he decapitated some of them, but he didn't get to all of them, so did they continue to live, I wonder? Or I if it's know. straight up I'm... burning in the fire? Because, like, um, the second attack, Tom Cruise burns in the fire and they don't. And he obviously doesn't die. I think you have to be burned more than you would just be burned in a regular fire Mm. like the sunlight thing that's truly a uh, conflagration that that the vampire cannot defend against gotcha um but a regular fire i think you would have to be incredibly thorough and you would have to you wouldn't just leave somebody burning and take off and just hope that they were dead Mm -hmm. you'd want to make sure but yeah i mean he the ones that he decapitates for sure they're oh they're they're toast but it seems to me, and I and I don't know if I'm getting this from the 
from the books or if this is from other vampire lore, but it seems mm-hmm. to me that when you decapitate that head, you have to make sure that like there's no way for it to even ever touch the yeah, body to come again, back. right? Mm-hmm. It has to be separated forever. Like, Isn't mean, that when they body kill, parts can pull back? Uh, Dracula, they cut off his head and stuff the stuff neck it with garlic. Stuff it with oh, garlic. And then they buried the head in a separate place from the body. Mm-hmm. Yes. That so. might be where I'm remembering that from. Yep. Maybe that's what that, that is. That sounds right. That sounds right. And I think that, I mean, this could be a similar thing if you have to make sure that that head ain't ever getting back. (laughs) (laughs) He's not going to find it and just stick it back on and hope it heals over and whatnot. Like those movies where the body parts, yeah, they just Mm -hmm. crawl towards the The hand, just like crawling like Come back. Um, I found that Daniel Malloy is Christian Slater's character and he does get turned into a vampire, not by Lestat. But, or Lestat, I'm not sure how you're supposed to say it. I'm I think sorry. Lestat's right. In 1985, which I'm trying to figure out when the year... Oh, that's the vampire Lestat then, right? Uh, he gets turned by Armand, who I think is Benicio, <gasps> or not Benicio. Uh, Antonio uh, Thank you, Antonio Banderas. When did the interview take place then, if he gets changed in 85? Well, the... The interview with the vampire was written in 76. I assume yeah. that it takes place in real time. And then the vampire Lestat was, was it 85, the book? Yes. So nine years later? Mm-hmm. But I mean, is that like, is it, are those years passing in real time for him to be turned? Is that what your source is saying? Uh, I'm not, I can't tell when the... And then, of course, the movie changed. The movie changed the years, which is totally fair. The very uh, last so, date they said. Gotcha. So I don't think they're consistent because I think the interview was in '88. Am I drunk? No, I remember '88, 1988. I just don't remember what significance it had. So maybe that was the interview. Oh right, yeah. No, he was talking about Louis was talking about 1988 being a couple of years in the past, and then present day. Being in that room with the reporter, it, it was, yeah, it was just two or three years later. Gotcha. So what happened in 88? There was something that happened in 88, and I've already forgotten it. I do want to say that, looking at on IMDb, that Anne Rice did do the screenplay, but it was heavily rewritten by the director. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. But Writer's Guild rules meant that she got the credit and not Neil Jordan. Mm. There you go. Because not all, I don't know, I guess George R. R. Martin writes certain episodes of game of thrones oh yeah but it's a different medium you know so it wouldn't surprise me that it's like she can write a good novel but she's not necessarily a screenwriter right we will see i know that there's tv series coming up i'm not sure what the writing credit on that is tom cruise was placed on an elevated platform during some scenes to reduce the height difference between his character and other vampires because he's a tiny guy yeah he's 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 a tall dude. dude Um, there was, because I was watching those Mission Impossible movies recently, there was a scene with him fighting, like, a very big man, and they made a short joke. Like, not verbally, but visually, they made a short joke about how he wasn't able to take this, um, guy that he was fighting, and I'm just, and it was one of the more recent, Ah. um, Mission Impossible movies. I can't remember which one now, they kind of all bled together, because I watched them in the (laughs) one week. But I'm just like... I didn't know he was fun enough because he is on like a scully box or because he has lifts in his shoes and because they do like camera things to make him look taller that I didn't necessarily think that they would make a joke 
that he is smaller than this other and the dude is legit huge that he's about to right. fight but they he's just like oh um right. and i thought that was yeah. i thought that was interesting because we're i didn't think that would be allowed because there are so <laughs> many other things that are just like not allowed or rumors i don't know i'm not in the movie sets right. but um rumors right. that you hear about demands that yes i was surprised they made that joke but um, I think he has evolved in recent years. Doesn't take himself quite so seriously as he used to. Okay. But I'm hoping that's true. <laughs> so I do like Tom Cruise movies for the most part. Not all of them. This sure. one, I, I I compartmentalize this movie of interview in a different place than I do with the books. It's it's mm-hmm. the best way for that to work. Mm-hmm. I don't think of it as the same as the books. It's oh, it's its own certainly. thing, and I and I. And there are scenes of Tom Cruise in this movie that do make me laugh. I do the same thing, and I feel like I talk about True Blood in every episode, so I don't mean to. But even with the books versus the television show, although they have very broad, similar points, the, like, finer points are very different. And that I don't consider them the same at all. Yeah. Um, Because I'm like, no, I want to read the book. No, I want to very specifically watch the movie or watch the TV show. And so I understand that. And I think once you do read anything like if you read anything it's always going to be different than how they make the movie because everybody has their own movie in their head yeah so i think they're always going to have to be like that where um jordan just watched uh ready player one and although he really likes the book and the movie and there are differences between the two like that you were able to separate the two and still like the movie even though it's not the Mm -hmm. same as the book yeah where we have other friends who are just like it's not the book i don't like it yeah um right but that's fair and we all have soft spots in our heart for certain things like the harry potter movies are different you just have to appreciate that the books are just different and they're whatnot but right well yeah when you're when you're going from one art form to the next you're never going to have this clean translation Mm -hmm. um and it just brings up that question you know do you want to read the book and then watch the movie Or is it better to watch the movie first so that you don't expect so much from the movie? But then when you read the book, are you going to see the movie actors in it instead of these maybe organically developed Mm -hmm. characters that you would get in your own brain if you just pictured them? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a a really hard question. My, I mean, my vision of Lestat from reading the books was he definitely was fair-haired. I don't know. I I Mm -hmm. saw him in the books as a little bit goofier. Okay. Than he is in the movies. Really? Um, yeah, in the movie. But okay. there's because he's he is he's just. <laughs> I don't know that she really intended him to come across that way, but I I found him more amusing in the books. Okay. But like, the, but then he shocks you. Then all of a sudden he surprises you in the next moment and does something and uh, he's terrible. pretty uh, fearsome. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, they have um like either another movie. Or a TV show with another actor playing Lestat. Lestat. Right. And um, it's some Irish guy, right? I don't right? know who it is. I'm going to um, look that up. I haven't looked we, that up. We ran into it um, on another episode where there was a TV oh. show that had this other vampire. Um, and he looks just as broody and like cranky and doesn't look fun at all and that's not fair because i'm just looking at his imdb picture so that's like totally totally not fair but i could see him being more like um more in the tom cruise like takes himself too too seriously vain as opposed to the more fun and flippant right um, version 
But yes. I'm also going to amend that I've never seen this, and I'm pulling this right out of my ass, and I have no idea what I'm talking about. No, I felt like the movie was um, was visually beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. I liked it visually. The story made sense. I didn't feel like there were, like, big glaring pot, uh, potholes. Oh, my God. I might be drunk. Uh, plot holes. Things like that. Mm. Like, um, he was telling a story. A story seemed to make sense. We got it. I didn't yeah. necessarily appreciate that the Paris vampires, even though they're the only ones we've ever met beyond um, the three in America, um, yeah. they just decide that they make the rules and that they're going to, like, encase him in a coffin in a bricked-up wall and then kill Kirsten Dunst. Like, yeah, it's so horrible. It's, I feel it's like horrible. maybe we would just walk away from, like, you don't get to make those life choices because mm-hmm. you have said, like, that's not the kind of civilized right. world we live in. <laughs> it's a terrible way for for them to, to but go. vampires feel privileged, and so maybe mm-hmm. they, that was, hey, we've made these rules. Yes, it's the vampire privilege. And, yeah. Or, <laughs> like, we can't control you, you're wild cards so we're gonna take you out yeah yeah antonio banderas seemed to have a soft spot for brad pitt yeah there's probably she didn't even kill uh tom cruise which is one of the like the second reason beyond her being a child she didn't even but they thought they did they thought they most certainly did so if they read their minds it would have been like oh they're pretty sure Mm -hmm. that they killed him yeah yep they thought you're right he didn't officially die so no he didn't die there was no trial there was No. no evidence brought against them <laughs> there was no court of their peers to discuss this like reasonable and right. rational human beings even though they're vampires but if they're supposed to be super elite then have that like due process kind of stuff where you go through and you're just like no we are not just going to burn yeah. you at the stake we're gonna like figure this out and they don't they just put them in a no in a pit and then let the sun do their dirty work it's... although i do want to know how they made that um I'm sure it was probably just um, special effects, but the the like ash, yeah, uh, the sculpture remains, almost, yeah, um, of um, random mom chick very cool. and Claudia, random mom chick. She yeah. has a name, oh. and I don't remember what her name is. When they die, the vampires, they're just like their bodies are there, like they don't turn to ash or they don't explode into bloody pulp or something. Well, uh, Claudia and random mm-hmm. mom vampire turned into ash. But that was because of the sunlight. That's because But sun- like, what's her name got her head cut off. Yep. Um, and she just had no head. I think that's a Buffy thing that exploding into well, like, true blood. Can... They just they pop into. They are like water stuff too? Oh. They're like, yeah. They're I haven't like, seen that. It's so. cool. They're like water balloons. <laughs> oh, it's so gross. And there's just oh, blood everywhere. Buffy, they turn into ash. And like the mm-hmm. beginning of Buffy, they would start kind of like ash body remain that would kind of just um, settle and then yes. fall into a pile as opposed to like the sculpture kind of remains that we have. Right. In, Where they're just um, in the exact interview. position they were in. Yeah. And that's sort of, that's a little bit reminiscent of Underworld with Sonya. Don't they, they're left, are they? Because they're not in Ash, are they? Or are they in Ashes? Did a, I don't remember any vampires dying in Underworld. In the Sonya. first, oh, in the first one, they had that whole train The car. daughter. Oh, oh, and Sonya. Right. In the daughter. But who I dies kept, from the sun, too. because no, they, they cut off what's-his-face's head and he just, at the end, and he yeah, just falls over. He so just yeah. falls over. He, yeah, he doesn't disintegrate. So, yeah, I guess I've just watched too much Buffy, and I keep thinking they should, like, turn into Ash or something. Well, I think Blade is similar. Don't they turn into mm-hmm. Ash? Or is it not until Blade 3 when they start turning into, like... 
fiery, sparky ash. It's been way too long. No, they do. Because there's like a setup. They He ends up killing a human who looks like a vampire who's wearing fake teeth to like oh, set Blade right. up. That's like Blade 2 or 3. I can't remember. Hmm. So I think Blade they Ash, that. Buffy they Ash, kind of interview with the vampire they kind of well, no. well only if it's the sun only if it's yeah, the sun that's only the sun which okay. makes sense they're getting cooked and so and yeah. every cell in their body reacts to it so mm-hmm. that... yes i still think they should be able to hide under those big huge dresses it's true <laughs> like put claudia under your giant dress yeah didn't work out i mean spike Sadly runs around with that blanket over him the bl- yes, <laughs> like an army blanket or something. Something like that. It's silly. <laughs> I love um, that, though. But no, there are inconsistencies, not inconsistencies, but just like different ways that things happen. Um, it was Lost Boys where they say that every vampire dies differently. Mm-hmm. And I think that was just visually they wanted different things to happen. Because even in Fright Night, the vampires look different. And they, yeah, because uh, you watched that one recently. I right? did. We just watched Fright Night on because Friday. like Chris Sarandon looks way different than Amanda Beers, then looks way different than their the their the kid's friend, right? Who turns into that? They're weird... new vampires. I so I'm guessing that's the big difference there is that his his character has been around mm-hmm. for a long time, and they're just, but definitely the kid is ghouly looking. Yeah, and... he's way way different. But then, um, so interview with a vampire is interesting because then they have, as you age, you get better or stronger powers where mm-hmm. then other ones, it's like, no, this is what we've got and this is how we do it um, right away. Um, well, Buffy goes into that, though, where the young ones are weaker, right? She talks about it. I think so. At one, at, you know, mm-hmm. where they're, if you get them when they're younger, it's easier to kill them. Yeah. You know, you Although... Because they don't know what they're doing. She doesn't have any problem killing... It, it, it only becomes a challenge for Buffy when when she gets to the really, like, what, thousand-year-old... Yeah, like super the super vamps. ancient vampires and, like, the master and the original. She can kill all of them original with one... And, like, mm-hmm. That's all she needs. Yeah. Because um, even Angel, like, won. Yeah. And so... Won. I know. The saddest <gasps> oh! well uh, (laughs) now that we have all seen it and whatnot would you recommend it we can start over here yes i totally recommend it cool and definitely read the books now i need to find my copy and i'm like i should just read i should finish jurassic park and then (laughs) go into interview with the vampire just don't go back and forth because that'll get really confusing it'll confusing they all but i have both of those too so (laughs) i might have to do the same thing yes um it wasn't my favorite but i think it's a well done movie Mm -hmm. overall so i would i would i think if you just enjoy a good movie Mm -hmm. i think it's it's labeled under horror romance i think oh is it um Hmm. i don't know why romance maybe that's just Hmm. something i saw on the internet there's a lot of sexy stuff happening at the beginning yeah it is romantic not necessarily in a traditional vampires way. Vampires in general are romantic. Yeah. Like, but even portrayed not, that way. Not there even a like in a heart, like I love you kind of way, but just in, oh, I'm trying to think of the... Sensual Like way. the other way that romance means. <laughs> like there's a synonym. <laughs> and it's not coming to me, so I can't explain it. 
um, I could see them being ro- mm. like romanticized mm-hmm. as opposed yes. to um, making out. Although there is quite a bit of making out, so they probably need to say like, "Hey, heads up, seven up." There's gonna be some making out, <laughs> um, and there's gonna be some like boob biting and some general, yeah, um, you know. Even when they kill kill the humans, it's sexy. Yeah, it's like <laughs> moany and like, ooh, let me seduce you first. Yeah. And then big ol' bite. Exactly. Um, I think I would recommend this movie if you want like a nice quiet movie at home. Whereas there have been other ones like last week's where I'm just like, get drunk first and then it's fun. Like, if you're already half-tossed and you're like, yeah, I want to watch Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. Oh, so good. I have to see this movie. I have to go so see it. Two thumbs up. I am so it. terrible. I'm so bummed. I want to see it. It's awful. <laughs> I want to um, see it. But if you want, like, a nice, quiet movie at home where you're just kind of hanging out and you want to watch yeah. a movie. And, a little bit cerebral. <laughs> yeah. And, like, um... Well, except for the very end where you have, like, Guns N' Roses playing during the credits. Yeah. I sub- I remember not liking that when we watched it the first time, Jordan. That, like, you have this beautiful, like, vampiric and, like, minor keys. And you have all this beautiful yeah. classical music. And then the credits are just straight up Guns N' Roses? Right. I, I mean, they could have just done the original Stones version of the song. <sighs> that would have worked if they needed, if they felt like they had to do a you know a 1990s well okay well the stones are but they were still performing that song in the 90s yes so they you know if you're wanting a rock song cool but you don't have to do it as a use this cover version of a classic rock and roll song no it just felt like it ruined the whole feel because i know it's like now supposed to be modern time and it's now supposed to be um like he's he turned the radio on and now it's supposed to be current and like yeah. whatever, um, but bleh, like I did not like it that like that's what we had to listen to through the credits is Guns and Roses. I'm like, no, thank you. I need my angsty minor keys, please. Maybe the, yeah. <laughs> Maybe the royalties were the right price. <laughs> right. I'm just like this is just the worst. Well, cool. Thank you two very much for joining. Thank you. Uh, for, You're welcome. For joining us time. for this edition of the Vampire Movie Club. And don't suck. <laughs> I see what you did there. Did you see? Awesome. Hey, thanks for joining us, everyone. Go ahead and you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Vampire Movie Club and Twitter at Vamp Movie Club. You can also email us at vampiremovieclub at gmail.com. Go ahead and rate and subscribe to our podcast because I guess that really helps. And thanks for joining us. Oh, also, I would like to thank the band Caravan of Thieves for the use of their song Funhouse Entrance from the album The Funhouse. Thanks, everyone. It's a beautiful world if you look at a glance It's a dream if you stand, it's a scream If you wait in the line every time by the day you